0: You're listening to Beyond the Key. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Beyond the Key. I'm your host, Kaylee, and today I'm here again with our special guest from last week, two of my favorite people, Sophie and Syl, as we continue to uncover Taylor Swift's folklore in Evermore. I'm so excited to dive deeper into Evermore this episode, and I'm so happy to have both of you back. How are you guys doing? Good. Amazing. Yes. (laughs) So glad to have you here. Um, All right, let's dive in. So Evermore, oh, my gosh. Um, It's still so fresh, so new. came out, um, you know, when this – podcast airs probably around three or four weeks ago. Um, so it's very fresh in our minds. Uh, very surprise. Big, big, big old surprise about this one. Um, how are we feeling? I mean, I know I've had conversations with both of you about it, and maybe we just start there, where Evermore felt like a different introduction. And it was a different feeling when listening to it. So I have to repeat something you said to me, which still is the most profound thing I've learned about Evermore, um, which is folklore was meeting somebody for the first time and automatically falling in love with them, whether it's a friend or it's a romantic relationship. You meet that person. You're like, you are a person that's going to be my life. I have an automatic connection with you. And Evermore is you meet that person. You're like, ah, I got to feel you out. And then eventually you fall just as much equally in love with them, but it takes some time. Um, Evermore for me was totally like that, was totally this. I'm listening to it. I'm marinating in it. I am feeling all sorts of emotions. And I felt like I had to really meet each of these songs to get this appreciation for it. So talk to me about that. You were on the same wavelength as me. Yeah. I mean, I always take that approach to when I listen
1: to new albums of like you know, the, the songs are people and the the album as a whole is like a person because you get you have your first impression and then the more you listen to it, the more you get to know the lyrics and the melodies and the the, the little embellishments and the and the music production. You get to know that more intimately. You start to get a feel for like the bigger picture, maybe as like Taylor's seeing it. Um and this song, like this, this record was definitely like I needed time to let it resonate within me and to get to know it more intimately before I could really make any
0: judgments on it. Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, for me, it was a total let me really understand what Taylor is saying in this record. Let me really dive into these themes and these, you know, different um, components to these songs to really get an idea of like, what do you mean? Um, Sophie, did you have a similar experience as well?
2: Definitely. Yeah, I um Well, it's just making me laugh remembering the day that the announcement was made because the day before I had to be up really early for work and it was a really long day. And so I was like, obviously, none of us had any idea it was coming. So I was like, I'm just going to sleep so late tomorrow. Like, I am just not going to set an alarm. I'm going (laughs) to sleep till like 2 p.m., whatever. So I woke up and I had so much and my poor roommate, who also was a huge Swifty, had been up all day and was like waiting for me to get up. And I finally woke up. I had all these texts from both of you. And then I was texting people back and they were like, girl, you just woke up. I'm like, yeah, sorry. But it ended up being a good thing because then I had um, less time to wait. But this even still, this album is like still really kind of seeping into me. And I think it's because unlike Folklore, which I had on repeat since like the first time I heard it for several months, I right after this album came out, um, my roommate left, and then I've been alone for a couple weeks um, over the holidays and stuff. And so I've been like, I know that I will destroy myself if I just continue to listen, because there are just some devastating tracks on this yeah. album. So it's still really like I'm I'm dosing myself with it in increments, so I don't lose my mind before my roommate come, comes back. But I also think that it's just so wildly poetic that there's some tracks that even still i don't get the like full visual narrative that i do with a lot of taylor swift songs so that took a while to get used to is like i don't necessarily know what (laughs) the narrative structure of this song is or what the story is telling me which i love but i it was also like a little unexpected so yeah i think it's just it's like an abstract painting of an album but I I love it and every listen I I gain something new. I feel like that that's so
1: it was so intentional that like this this record takes such a long time to get to know. It's almost Taylor Swift being like like I will be respected and like if you want to appreciate my work like you'll give it the time and the the thought that it deserves and like if you want to see it the way that I see it like you will you'll I don't know, give it, give it that time and give it that appreciation. And cause you know, it's, it really is about the care that it takes to, to really truly loving at, you know, to, to kind of echo what Kaylee and I were talking about how it's like, you have to get to know it first, but just how, you know, folklore is this sort of young, youthful innocence, love at first sight. You love it immediately. And that, that showed in how, in our reactions to it, you know, this, this youthful gusto for loving everything, this playful energy. We just love it. We're curious. And then evermore is a little bit more mature and you have to be a little more thoughtful about it. You have to read between the lines more, look at the, look at the details, look at the more, um, intimate factors that go into it. Um, and that really shows in, in all of our reactions to it. And I just think it's so cool how art imitates life.
0: You know? <laughs> exactly. And I think that to psychoanalyze our reactions and to just so you both know, um, and for the audience to know who aren't familiar with Taylor Swift, um, this was a very universal reaction amongst Taylor Swift fans. I originally thought that I I was almost like in kind of embarrassed that Same in, my, in yeah, like in my initial listen that I wasn't like this is profound. This is beautiful. This is perfect. I'm obsessed. I, I I felt embarrassed to say that I wasn't fully committed to evermore. And then over the next few days after the record was released, I noticed that there were so many Taylor Swift fans literally coming out and saying (laughs) "Uh, me too i also had to sit with it and that made me feel a little bit better and i was trying to understand like why are we feeling this way what what is it that is making this record feel so different and i do think the one of the things we have to keep in mind is that you know taylor really set it up that it was folklore's counterpart and that it had, you know, it, this is an extension of folklore in a, in a sense um, before she released it. And it's not that I necessarily disagree now listening to it back, but I will say at first listen, it it didn't hit me as similar to folklore as I would have expected. And I think that kind of caught me off guard a bit, um, especially songs like um, No Body, No Crime and um, Cowboy Like Me. And long story short, I mean, there's some really there's some really different songs on this record that I was so expecting just a continuation of folklore. But Evermore deserves respect of its own art. It's its own art form. It has tells its own stories as well. And I think that if I went into it kind of with the less of expectation of this is going to be like folklore and more so this is going to be an extension of that kind of narrative, I think I would have sat with it a little bit differently.
1: Mm. It's almost like, I mean, I know she's called it the sister album, but it really does, at least to me, feel like Evermore is the older, wiser sister to Folklore. Yeah, that's a good two, way to put it. Two different people, but you can tell that like one has you know more wisdom and maybe a little more experience than the other, and thus having a
0: different narrative, basically. But you know, yeah, I agree.
1: All the same like
0: vibe, maybe. Yeah, definitely the same vibe. I mean. Let's talk about the album art. I think this is such an important point to make, which is you see on Folklore's um, album art, we have her hardly in the hardly visible in the frame, uh, blending in with the trees. Black and white imagery. She's very far back. Um, her most um, you know zoomed back portion of herself. She's always very close up in her um, photos, and she's looking forward. And then we see in Evermore, it's in complete color. She's close up, but she's turned around and she's looking away from the camera. Um, that's kind of how I feel, it, how it, their songs represent themselves. Um, folklore being one that's much more um, ominous and uh, much more okay. subdued in terms of her narrative. Um, okay. Evermore being much more um, close up and kind of a departure to some feelings she's having. Um, do you feel similarly? Do you feel? I mean, for me, like when I saw that that album artwork, I was like, "Oh Lord, this album is going to be like a, a goodbye in a type of way." Mm-hmm. Um, and then you hear songs like "Closure" and "Evermore," and you're like, "Oh no, I think she's saying goodbye in a type of way."
2: Definitely. Well, also, the same day I got all the texts that, like, Evermore was coming out, I also had all these people like, do you think this is, like, the end of her career? And she's just, like, leaving. And I think a lot of that was inspired by the cover art. And to me, now I more feel like it's, like you were saying, Kaylee, like, looking forward. um, And you know, I think she's going to take some time, (laughs) which rightfully so. We have so many albums that she just gave us to digest and You know, as long as she can take, because she's Taylor Swift, she's always going to be writing and creating. But, yeah, it does, and I love what you were saying, Syl, about how Evermore really does feel like the wiser kind of older sister to folklore. Folklore is very, I don't know, there's, innocence isn't necessarily the right word, yes useful exactly that's perfect and and evermore is like a little bit more kind of seasoned um and i also like the comparison that she makes of like okay folklore is spring and summer evermore is fall and winter which i think also kind of diminishes my initial belief that like oh maybe it'll be maybe there'll be a third album i don't know if i ever really like thought that but I, it was being pushed so hard that I was like okay maybe <laughs> I guess these Swifties know better than I do but um yeah it, and it it feels like far away but close to folklore like I don't I don't even know I think also with folklore I think I think about myself a lot more when I listen to it and like I can relate to those songs more than I can relate to um evermore mm-hmm. and I also think of like kind of the cast of characters in the triad in folklore I, I kind of think like even more songs from folklore fit into that story than just those three so I always kind of think about those characters in like all of the songs and with Evermore it's like all over the place but in a good way like there's so many stories going on but they're not as obviously the ones that are meant to be are but they're not as like interconnected to each other in my mind
0: yeah I agree. And I think once I settled with that and took it for its own entity, I started to really enjoy it more. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm looking at the track list here. I mean, the first song that pops out to me in terms of uh, a song that I feel is so Taylor, um, Champagne Problems, it's, Mm. I mean, from the melody to the, the, the story of how she takes this individual situation of um, this man proposing to a woman who says no. And um, I personally didn't know the the saying champagne problems before this song. I'm not sure if either of you did, but I had never heard the saying before. Um, and for those audience members who don't know, it means um, like menial, menial, um, not that important issues, like little tiny issues that you have, um, like n- non, no issues of not super importance, basically. Um, I like, well, what she's complaining about are champagne problems. They're just little problems that don't matter. Um, and I was originally thinking of it as like alcohol because she has so much talk about alcohol through all of her last like four records, um, about alcohol tendencies or alcohol issues that she talks about in her records, and so I kind of assumed that. But then re-listening and hearing, like, oh, like they're basically saying that, like, you know, her issues that she's dealing with are so menial, and how dare she feel like she has any problems, um, despite her feeling, you know, kind of mentally unwell. To me, that actually kind of speaks volumes. It's it, mm-hmm. it, it resonates, I think, with a lot of people. I mean, champagne problems to me is just so beautiful. Um, so I know you really loved this song at first. What is your take of it now after it's kind of sat with you a bit? Oh gosh. Um,
1: I don't know. I, I really think that I just keep thinking of a doll's house. Like that's literally the, the vibe that this album gives me in a lot of ways of, of this, this really shared experience between, women specifically um and just kind of how you know women's experiences historically haven't been validated haven't been listened to um and this idea of like champagne problems could mean like actually having like like little little things that she's pinpointing on this person and that's why she's not wanting to marry him but it's also like oh it's just champagne problems it's just it's nothing it's not a big deal like these these things that I'm feeling and that you're feeling because you're you're a woman like they they don't matter they're of of little importance and that's kind of this universal way that women have been treated um or anyone who's not a cis man cis white man Mm -hmm. You know, everything that you feel and believe is a champagne problem. It's not seen as valid. It's not seen as important. Um, but I do love this song. I think it's beautiful. It's definitely not one of my favorites. I, I do love it, but I li- I
0: think it's cool that it
1: flows well with All Too Well.
0: That is, like, pretty crazy listening to that. it Like, as an All Too Well stand. when I heard <laughs> that, I was like, holy shit. They really that there's a lot of songs on this record that do that, that kind of imitate other art that she's created, um, which I think is really cool. And you see, you know, TikTok, tock, um, you know, per- people and uh, people on Instagram and Twitter kind of replicating these songs and mashing them together from different records. I think that's really cool. And I do think it's partially intentional. I mean, um, she's creative enough to do that on purpose. So I like to believe that it it is. Um, but Let's see, some other songs on here. I mean, can we just talk about this no body, no crime? What (laughs) what in the absolute world is this? This song, and when I heard it for the first time, I was like, this cannot did they accidentally put this on here? I was like, what (laughs) what the hell is this? I
1: saw a funny meme and it was like it was like Swifties thinking that taylor's next album is going to reveal that she's married or engaged or pregnant or whatever and then it's like taylor swift murdered somebody (laughs) (laughs)
2: literally i don't Uh, i every time i hear that song i laugh because i think of my roommate and i listening to it and us each verse being like oh, no, wait, this is, he's gonna kill her, oh, wait, he killed her, oh, my God, wait, Taylor Swift killed him, and then everyone thinks that it's the mistress, like, every, like, I'll never be able to recreate that, like, first listen and the ride that we went on, Um, but that's also one that's really grown on me a lot, like, I, I'm a big fan of the, um, you know, female killer country songs yeah. done by Carrie Underwood and the chicks. And, you know, I love that whole genre and trope. So I'm really happy that she paid homage to that. And I do wish that Haim had a little bit more of a feature, but I me love you like, did it. I walk around my apartment <laughs> doing that all the time. Just, you did it.
0: No. <laughs> it I, and, yeah. I, I, Haim and the chicks both have had uh, features Haim on this record and the chicks on Lover um, for soon you'll get better and neither of them really play a huge vocal part in the feature to the point where you're almost kind of looking for them Uh, Mm -hmm. and I think it's much more about uh, maybe their their back on vocals and you know their contribution to instrumentals and such but for me I was I was like searching for them and I was like I thought it'd be very because Haim has such a unique sound um yeah such unique voices I was like almost waiting for it and it didn't really happen um but yeah I mean that song is that song is crazy I mean I had I remember texting both of you and being like can somebody explain to me the storyline I don't know why I can't comprehend it who killed who why like what is going on and finally after like six lessons I was like all right I get it she killed him that's pretty badass Uh, good for her um but I mean yeah I'm and then other song too that kind of pops out to me in that way of like being very much like a kind trying to dissect it is um one of my favorite songs on the record, uh maybe an a hot take, um, but Dorothea. Oh, I, I love it. I love it. I'm obsessed. I it's a song that makes me feel so good. And uh, it's just I don't know, it, it it like melts my heart listening to it. And it's actually so so like uh, intrinsically dynamic, like the the storyline, and there's so many theories out there on, oh, is that song about Selena Gomez, or is that song about this or that? And I think it's just more of, like, a general song about how you, you lose somebody who went on and had this different life, but, like, you'll always love them just the same. It kind of reminds me of Seven, in a way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and... Um, I don't know. I, I just love it. So so you love Dorothea? I do. And I, I think
1: it's also... it's Isn't it connected? Is this... Something I made up, or is it a fan theory of Dorothea and Tis the Damn Season?
0: Yeah,
2: I are, think
1: so. Are connected? Yeah, no, um, that's
0: definitely a fan theory that's out there.
1: Um, I totally hear that in the song. Me too. I love it. It gives me Lumineers vibes. It gives me very, like, swingy vibes. I love it. It's just so fun. And it's also, like, I feel like the mom favorite. Like, like we and <laughs> Kiva were showing, like, her mom. Kiva's my partner. We were showing her mom the Evermore album and like Dorothea came on, she was like, Oh, I love this one. And then I was showing my mom today and Dorothea came on. She's like, yep, this is my favorite. I love this one. It <laughs> has such a like middle-aged
0: mom vibe to it, but in a good way. I don't know. Yeah. It's so like, I, I like swing my head back and forth and Ooh. I'm like, I'm singing in like a little bit of a twang. I'm like, I'm lo- I'm loving the vibes it's giving me. Um, and yeah, that song, I'm just, I'm obsessed with. And then like, we have songs on here that are like, just so sad. where like, <laughs> I just can't, like, I can't comprehend it. I mean, off the top of my head, um, like a short list, <laughs> short uh, would be like, Tolerate It, Happiness, right. um, Marjorie, which we have to get to. Um, and Evermore for me are all just like, such sad songs i mean tolerate it tell such a story uh and and i didn't even really this was one of the ones where i had to really take them take a few listens to truly understand and then i finally just understood like this idea of like this person that you love just literally tolerating your existence like not enough to hate you but not enough to love you either like they're just like basically letting you exist and you don't feel any sort of appreciation from them at all. It's so heartbreaking. Mm.
1: It's that song is very like the lyrics really speak to kind of a 1950s, 1960s housewife experience. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, like I
1: lay the table with the fancy shit. Like she's like, I wait by the door. Like I'm just a kid. Like that's, that's literally what women were trained to do in the 1960s. Like you, you wait at the door for your husband, you greet him, you put dinner on the table. Like it's disgusting these things that conditioned women to treat to you know and and also to be put up with the fact that it won't be appreciated because the man is tired. He's been at work all day. So if he doesn't like you know if he brushes you off, like that's not his fault. Like he's stressed. Like she's literally speaking about this experience from a from the female perspective. Um and it's heartbreaking and it really just brings light to what so many people still deal with today, just in how society has evolved a little bit. Yeah.
0: And I mean, the lyrics in the bridge of, and I think these are one of my favorite lyrics to the whole record. Um, Oh, what would you do if I break free and leave us in ruins, took this dagger in me and removed it, gain the weight of you, then lose it. Believe me, I could do it It was such like a breakthrough for me listening to that Mm song. Like I was just like, Oh my God, she's like, she's coming up for air after drowning Mm -hmm. kind of feeling of like gain the weight of you and then lose it to me is just so it speaks volumes, you know?
2: Yeah. Eh. Yeah. That is a, this this song has so many incredible lines, and even just on first listen hearing, I know my love should be celebrated, but you tolerate it. Like it's so simple, but it's it's so even just there are so many lines where like I'm I'm singing along to this song and like saying those things feels so powerful. It feels like a declaration. Mm-hmm. Like you gain the weight of you and live and lose it. Believe me, I could do it. Like it's like a Call to action song, and I know a lot of like people have theories about if the speaker in that song actually leaves in the end and all this stuff. And I, I think, still, I totally agree that I. The second that this started playing and I was reading the lyrics along with it, I was like seeing Betty Draper in my mind. I was like Whoa. making all these Mad Men edits <laughs> and um, just thinking about like the infantilization of women um for so many years and like um wait by the door like I'm just a kid, like all of that um, kind of imagery it really, really hit home and kind of made me appreciate <laughs> the time that I'm living in, even though it can be hard to. Um, but I think that this is also, this also seems like it must have been inspired by, I think, I think her own experiences, um, you know, dating older famous men with authority but also her like reading all these older books and seeing all these movies now i think this is kind of where that all coalesced and came from but man the just everything about this song is so devastating this is one of the reasons that like i haven't listened like put this album on shuffle because i love this song but i just like i can't i'm not in the space to (laughs) consume this content right now like it is so it's so heavy but it's so beautiful yeah
0: i agree and i feel you know even moving past the theme which i do feel is so apparent of um that you know 50s 60s housewife um i really think of it too as like you know in a friendship sense as well Mm -hmm. um i think as you grow older especially through your 20s it's such a time of exploration and a time of you know really you know um taking uh you know accountability and understanding, um, who your friends are and who your real friends are and who you continue to take with you. And it's kind of taking inventory in a way, you know, through your twenties of those people you want by your side. And at least in my, you know, in my personal experience, I've had a lot of, um, a decent amount of friendships that I feel this way about, um, that I feel that, you know, um, I've done what I can, and I want this person to still love me, and maybe they can't, or maybe um, they they don't know how to. Um, I but I know that I should be celebrated in a friendship. and um, you know, you you know, you get through it and you gain the weight of it and then lose it. you know, it it's such this nuanced understanding of this, um, you know, wave of experiences in a friendship to me when listening to it. And I think that's, again, what we've said before about what's so beautiful about Taylor is her ability to translate a story in so many different ways, how I can take this and think of a friendship while, you know, somebody may be thinking of a parent, you know, um, or a, um, ex or you know even an acquaintance they work with you know there's so many different interpretations and that's kind of what I love about this record in total I mean I've you know spoken to many of my friends who are Taylor Swift fans who are like this is what I took from this song and you took something completely different but it's both so beautiful Um, and another one of those you know more uh, solemn songs um, happiness I mean Happiness to me, what is like the peak of Taylor's ability to be profound. Mm. This song is just so like this level of maturity. I think she was waiting to get to, you know, she's, she's made records her whole life of spite and of um, revenge and, you know, how dare you hurt me. And you've hurt me so bad. I didn't, I didn't deserve this. And those are all valid feelings. But you see in this, in this record, and like Sil said, this more mature older sister record where happiness is saying, you know, there, I could be happy with you and I I can take that happiness we had together. um, And I can, it can be that. And then there can be happiness after you. And both of those things can exist. I don't have to hate you right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that's such a beautiful sentiment and something I've just in the past couple of weeks have taken on into my life of, you know, there will be happiness with people you love and that may go away, but you can still think of it as happiness. It doesn't have to transform into anger or regret. It can still be an entity for what it was in those moments that you loved that person. Uh, does happiness resonate that kind of feeling with you guys? Absolutely. Um,
1: I it feels to me like seven is like the past Taylor and happiness, like is the equivalent of seven, but like the current Taylor, um, like even just the first lines, like honey, when I'm above the trees, I see this, see this for what it is. And in seven it's, um, please picture me in the trees. I hit my peak at seven feet, whatever the words are. Um, but it's this idea of like gaining a new perspective of life. Um, and it's so interesting that you would label this song as solemn because to me, I feel such a sense of comfort and relief from this song. Like when I listen to it, it feels like a hug and it feels like a promise of like okay. good things will come to an end, but there will be good things after. And just because you've lost something or someone or um, you've ended a relationship or a friendship, like whatever it is, is coming to an end, that can be sad, but it can also coexist with the happiness that you've experienced and the happiness that you will experience after it. Um, And I I just think it's so profound. And it's such a, it's such an important perspective to have.
2: This is one where I also think of like friendships and, and just any like, positive experience that like, I tend personally to like, look back on a time from childhood or even more recently where I was really happy but like those circumstances just don't exist anymore I either lost that person or it's just you know never going to be that way again we're never going to be in the same place like and I've tried to shift my thinking from like I need to think about those and be so like forlorn and like achingly miss those moments rather than thinking about them and feeling the happiness that I felt then as a way of honoring that memory and not having to like kind of jab myself every time I think about it and to me also still like the first lyrics of this really really stand out honey when I'm above the trees I see this for what it is but right but now I'm right down in it all the years I've given is just shit we're dividing up like makes me think of that moment right after you've cut off something either toxic or just something that life circumstances had to take from you and you're kind of at that point where you're like I know I need to start healing and I need to start moving past this but right now I'm in it and and like you know this is what I'm seeing this is what I'm feeling and experiencing and I just feel like it's kind of being in those two places at once of like oh man this really sucks and it's like that rip the band-aid off kind of thing but I'm also realizing that life life goes on life you know is going to continue and there will be happiness and I think of you know not only myself and my experiences but so many people i know who have you know broken up with someone or lost someone or or lost you know something like any experience that was really fulfilling and enriching to them and i just have so many images that come to mind during this song and to me it's it's both solemn and comforting like there are parts of it that really hit and are devastating. And there's other parts of it where I'm like, girl, that is so philosophical. Like, <laughs> go off. That's amazing. Yeah. So I, it's, it's weird because it's like still not even one of my like ones that I would like play on repeat from the album. But it is like, it's so incredible, which is the, the thing that ties in with both of these albums is like one of them might not be my favorite or even one that like I listen to often, but I'm, there's no way I can be like, that's not brilliant like they're all just so rich in their own ways
0: yeah and i mean happiness as well as they continue to harbor it can you tell how much i love it um one, one of the one of the lyrics about how um she says i haven't met the new me yet mm. and then it says you haven't met the new me yet this i i've in my personal life i've really thought about the like I like I put myself and Sophie I think you and I've had this conversation throughout our years of childhood together uh of like how you have ch- like I see my life in a lot of like ch- chapters of mm-hmm. like almost like of personality almost um have like different segments of myself and different versions of myself that exist over time um instead of like one person growing it's like there's a new version of me somewhere that I'm like running towards. Um, totally. And I think she's she, her saying that gives me a lot of, you know, comfort in like, you know, I haven't met the new me yet, but like, I'm excited about it. You know, like I'm, I'm excited about that new version of me who will be forgiving, um, who will take you for what you are and um, be happy for you that you've moved on. Um, I think of myself, you know, as somebody who, um, has gone through a lot this past year, like many of us have of, you know, I can't wait for that new version of myself, you know, when all this is over and I can work on myself and I can be in a better state. And that idea of like the finish line where you, you know, you create this new version of yourself, I think is such a beautiful sentiment, you know? Um, and I don't know, I just love that, that kind of that she put that into words, because I've never really thought about it like that, of um, literally physically saying, you know, the new me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is right. I mean, we all have new versions of ourselves, we're creating and recreating over time. Um, and I think she puts that, you know, pretty perfectly um, in that song. Um, and that kind of brings me to my next point about, you know, the kind of grief in this record. Um and grief, particularly in death, or even if it's the death of a friendship or the death of your past self. Oh, um, Kaylee, I was
1: just gonna literally, you're taking the word <laughs> out of my brain right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what I'm here for, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, um and for audience members who do not know, um, I unfortunately did lose my dad in July. Um and for Taylor Swift, who has never written about grief before to come out with a record um, just a few months after I've gone through this experience um, where she has not one, not two, but multiple songs that talk explicitly about grief for me is so unbelievably comforting in a way that I can never really explain Um, happiness for me really resonates in that way. And then the obvious one is Marjorie, where we're getting into now. Um, And Marjorie in Taylor Swift's mind is about her grandmother, um, who she's who she has lost and who she's kind of reflecting on. Um, And that song is so encapsulates the feeling of grief so perfectly uh, to a point where I would never I would never be able to put into words unless she had done it first. I would never, I never even knew I felt these type of these type of feelings until she had written them down. Um, But you know, like should have kept her grocery store receipt and um, you know, I should have asked you questions. I should have asked you how to be these kinds of things of, you know, these overarching philosophical feelings of grief and loss are just so profound in this entire record. Um, And I just, you know for taylor swift despite her definitely not ever listening to this um i do <laughs> totally want to you know thank her for having that kind of impact on somebody like myself who has s- suffered from such an insurmountable loss um to be able to look to music that my favorite person has created um and has explained it so beautifully um and so you said that grief was something you were kind of thinking of what did i steal from your brain what were you say? <laughs>
1: um no, I was just thinking about because you mentioned that you look at your life in chapters and I look at my life in like past lives. Like I, I go through deaths. Like I've I've died several times and I'm re- I've been reborn several times. And like and then you said like death of a past self. And even Taylor Swift talks about it in Evermore of like, I was catching my death. Like this idea of that like death doesn't mean and even in, in how she explains grief in Marjorie like death doesn't always mean absence it just means a change or a transformation um whether that's like losing a physical person or like losing a version of yourself it's just it's just a different it's a different part of the story
0: um and I think that's so beautiful and yeah comforting yeah, it is comforting. It is comforting. And I think there's such like a feeling of solitude in all of these songs on the record about grief and um, about, you know, being reborn in a certain way. And, um, you know, kind of having this new uh, refreshed experience and outlook on life in terms of that grief. And it, it, it's just it it really actually encapsulates. I kind of see the record Um, As both Still and Sophie know, I only listen listen to Taylor Swift records in order. Um, So that's that. But basically, Evermore, the song um, ending track 15 is an encapsulation of, I think, what we're saying about grief, which is, um, you know, she's scared that these feelings will last evermore. She's scared these feelings will last forever. Um, And then... They don't. Right. And at the end, you know, like, so was saying, you know, this pain wouldn't be forevermore. Um, this pain will, you know, go away and um, you'll go through that loss and you'll go through that pain. And Justin Vernon's bridge there. Oh, of, gosh. I mean, it, 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 it really just dives into my soul of, can we just get a pause? Um, just so we can be certain that we'll be tall again, that we'll get better again. You know, um, and I've said, this is so, you know, is there a line that I could just go cross? I think all three of us have felt this way where, Hey, could you, this is how I interpreted it. Is like, Hey, could you just, is there just a, a physical line that you can draw out for me that if I hop over it, this is just going to go away. Like, can mm-hmm. you find me that? Can you find me that chance to just like literally hurdle over this pain that I'm feeling? Um, and I think that encapsulates the record, you know? I mean, does ever m- more the song stick out to you so
2: Yeah, I it definitely sticks out and oh man, that feeling of just like I'm gonna be in this pain forever or even even like sort of wanting to be, you know, after losing somebody and I almost like have made promises to myself of, like, I'm never going to be happy again, because how could I be when this person, you know, isn't here anymore? And (laughs) I tend to, you know, be very dramatic and also, like, skew a little bit sad, and I really need to feel my feelings in that way, and, you know, that's all fine and valid, but it doesn't, that, that never remains the case, you know, because, as I keep freaking repeating myself, just like life goes on, but hearing her say, you know, this pain wouldn't be forevermore is just also like thinking about the ties back that she makes to like reputation kind of in long story short and referencing that whole 2016, you know, fiasco. And I really appreciate that she, in all of her music continues to go back to that point because it was so painful for her. And, I admire her continually continually talking about her traumas and struggles and not being silent about it. One thing about Taylor Swift, she's going to speak. Like, <laughs> So I really, I appreciate that. And um, I just, I think this song is like, just encapsulates like winter for me. Like I really longed for Pennsylvania when I heard this song because I just wanted to like be in the snow and just you know have seasonal depression but like <laughs> know that it'll be okay in a couple of months we miss you um, over here
0: you gotta, you gotta yeah you gotta, you gotta come um, back
2: i can't wait to eventually come back when hopefully the world is better but yeah this and and when bonnie bear came in with the um with his bridge like i was just i felt like i was like in a tornado and i was like exile like it was all happening again it was so crazy <laughs> But this one is another one that, like, every time I hear it, I like it more and more. Yeah, yeah. If and it I mean, makes me think of Twilight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that it makes me. think of Twilight. I'm making, like,
2: fan edits in my head.
0: <laughs> I will say, like, now that you say that, in uh, not to, like, out myself as a secret t- Twilight stan, but sure. Um, no, in I'm New not Moon, <laughs> when Vilma <laughs> is sitting in her chair and the year goes by, yes that's what these entire two records feel to me that's what I think of too it's just such an encapsulation of like I'm in this feeling and I'm going to be in this feeling forever and it's making me feel comforted but sad and that's just like if I had to send somebody a video of how I feel listening to the records it would be poor Bella Swan just spinning for a year (laughs) straight in her house in Washington
2: yeah, I like to think that Taylor Swift is a big Twilight Saga fan, or at least was in during the time. Well, she dated Taylor Lautner, so she yeah, had to be she at some is. point. Oh, sure.
0: <laughs> she has to be. But is she Team Edward or Team Jacob? I guess Team mm. Edward by default. <laughs> and Sophie, I've been waiting to ask you this all episode mm. because this is something that I just need to unpack. Cowboy like me, <laughs> yes, I've seen a I've seen a consensus through social media of like, hey, this isn't everyone's favorite song on the record. You are a (laughs) devoted Cowboy Like Me stan. And so I need to ask you, walk me through this experience where you love this song so much. I want to love it like you do.
2: Wow. Thank you for for giving me this platform to speak on Cowboy Like Me. Um, Yeah, it's so funny because like I deleted like my Twitter and a bunch of my social media before, um, Evermore came out, which, and a bunch of like amazing albums this year, which sucked because I love like going on Twitter and looking at everyone's reactions. So I had no idea that like, not everyone was standing cowboy like me (laughs) until I was talking to my friends about it. But I, I just, Oh man, it really takes me to like another plane of existence I don't know it just and I don't relate to it at all like I'm sure that I could if I tried to but like when I listen to it I just see and I don't know if it's my like pairing Cowboy Like Me with like Brokeback Mountain it's not like I imagine the guys from Brokeback Mountain but I do imagine these like two male cowboy lovers who like find themselves like who find each other in in this like Freaking tennis court, like I don't know. It's just she just something about the sound. I'm gonna pull up the lyrics so that I am kind of coherent. But I also really love how it just starts so abruptly. Like it almost starts like it's in the middle of the song. Like it starts with the word "and." Um, yeah, and there's just so many. I never noticed that before.
1: Yeah, it's about so first lyric Too.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it really like I don't know sets up the scene for me she gives a lot of freedom to like like she tells you some tent like thing second line in so like I'm already visualizing something I'm like what the what's some tent like thing and then boom I'm there and like what is it forever is the sweetest con like there's just so many beautiful moments and it does kind of feel like separate from the rest of the album I don't know why like it it stands out for me And I just love the... I mean, I'm just a sucker for the melody of the chorus. I've got some tricks up my sleeve. Like, I just love it. It just... It really, like... It kind of gives me enchanted vibes, which we've called out before. But, like, that one sends me to just, like, a purple place. (laughs) Every time everything's sparkly, I'm, like, sliding down a spiral staircase to my lover. And, yeah, this one just... Gives me this beautiful feeling of like everything's going to be fine and you're going to kind of find your person who's, you know, I find such joy when I meet people and they tell me like a really embarrassing story or, or just something that like something vulnerable where I'm like, oh, maybe I thought I was the only one that went through that or did that. I love when people are when i know i'm the same kind of weird as someone and this gives me like those vibes like you're a cowboy like me i when i met my friend christy like i really felt like that experience even before that song was out but i was just like ah you're like me like you know so also just eyes full of stars there's just so many beautiful moments in it i really can't describe it unfortunately more you know concisely than that but I just it just hits me it's a magical magical moment
0: no that that's a perfect way to sum it up that actually already because I love you so much I now (laughs) just naturally appreciate it more um but the fact that it starts on and is like blowing my mind I didn't even realize that and I'm almost embarrassed that I didn't read the lyrics close (laughs) enough to notice that but now that I have I'm never going to stop thinking about it that's so cool um definitely do for her so i like that so thank you for explaining i'm sure all of our audience members who have been skeptical about cowboy like me will finally understand um because our all hail sophie has finally explained it to us Um, i hope (laughs) but i really i really want to know um if i can ask this question is there a third album is there a third record that's coming and despite Taylor Swift denying it <laughs> there there's one coming so i know you have some thoughts on this w- what are we thinking ah oh, i was so sold i really
1: thought that there was another one coming and i still do kind of but i'm not as confident after the after her interview about yeah. it but I also am like are you being sneaky like why would she just like if she's planning a surprise third album why would she just be like you caught me you know like so I'm trying to be like I don't know it would make sense it would make sense if there was a triad you know she's very into it just feels like she's way too into like trilogies and like love triangles and the number three Three and 13 31 like it just it would make sense if there was a third one especially because of the timing of July to November then November to like April like it would be it wouldn't not make sense if there was a third one but also I'm not trying to get my hopes up
0: yeah <laughs> I don't I don't know I mean I was also a huge believer Her interview definitely knocked me down a few notches. Um, Mm -hmm. but I just, she has so many secrets and she has (laughs) so many little plans in the back of that brain of hers that I'm like, I wouldn't be, I'm at the point where I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not going to expect it, but I would not be shocked if in April she was like, ha, so I fooled you. Here you go. Um, because for me, I, I'm like almost shocked that she didn't like do like pull an Ed Sheeran and fake retire. Like I, I just assumed mm-hmm. that after this record was released, she was going to be like, all right, I gave you guys, you know, about 38 songs. Do with it what you will. I'm going to go, you know, live my life for a little bit and I'll see you in a couple years. I just kind of assumed that was coming after Evermore, especially with her song like Closure and Evermore ending the record. I was like, oh, it's a natural assumption that she's leaving but then she like did press which she hasn't done in a while basically mm. just to say that she's not making a third album which to me
2: just seems super sketchy <laughs> yeah i think that many of our trust issues can be attributed to her um <laughs> and also, i think that like evermore feels like a middle child album i don't even like know how to <laughs> elaborate on that but it just feels like it's like the in-between moment of I don't know something that's going to connect folklore and something else, but I agree. Like after seeing her Apple Music interview, and I think like a couple award show or not award show, like late night show uh, spots where she's kind of addressed it, I'm like, yeah, it's sounding like no, but again, like I just I can't bring myself to fully trust her because she's a schemer, which I love. Sneaky. But <laughs> I feel
1: like I really <laughs> do think she's planning out. something. If it's not an album, it's there's this isn't the end of Taylor Taylor
0: stuff. Yeah. No, it can't. I mean, my only thought process as somebody who's, like, super analytical about, like, celebrity press and situations is that she's, like, infamously known for, like, giving nothing away in, like, interviews. Mm. And I thought that, like, if if it wasn't real or if it wasn't actually happening – I feel like she wouldn't have said something and I don't know if that if that's just like me really like hanging on to a thread of hope but it almost seemed like too obvious that she went on Jimmy Kimmel to be like actually here's this really quirky story about how uh I accidentally leaked the third album's album name into the uh picture but actually no it doesn't exist I'm so exhausted Jimmy I feel like usually her PR person would be like it's not happening don't even mention it like we don't mm-hmm. like, you know, so part of me was like, Oh, is she actually inching us onward? But I this, so. Right. I mean, I don't it's know. And, she, and she's smart. Like Taylor right.
1: Swift is a genius. And she, it would not mm-hmm. surprise me if, if she was like, I want to do something so crazy, so big, three albums, three surprise albums. And we like link them together. And we add little, we, you know, drop little Easter eggs. And like, I wouldn't be surprised if this was totally plotted from the very beginning because she could
0: pull it off. If anyone could pull it off, it's her. I agree. Absolutely. I agree completely. And, you know, kind of to round off our episode here tonight, I, I want to ask you both uh, what I do at the end of every episode, which is if you could say one thing to Miss Taylor Allison Swift... What would it be? Um, You know, I, of course, would just give her my immense gratitude for saving my life in many ways um, and making me feel seen and heard. Um, So Taylor Allison Swift, you're with her. Maybe you're on an olive garden uh, like nobody, no crying suggests. Um, Maybe you're somewhere in a field holding hands, dancing around. But you're talking to Taylor. You get to thank her. What
2: would you say? I think that I would say, you know, you never have to worry about proving yourself um, because you've proven yourself time and time again to be the voice of a generation, to be one of the greatest, not only musicians and songwriters, but writers and poets of all time. And you will always have an enormous amount of people who are rooting for you and who love you and who will eat up like gobble up anything that you choose to create. Um and yeah, just a big ol a big ol thank you for raising me. <laughs> so what about you?
1: Echoing both of y'all a big old thank you, um immense expression of gratitude. Um probably lots of tears even though that's probably so annoying, but I don't think I'd be able to help it. Um, and just like that i'm so happy that she's finally released herself from feeling like she needs to create for other people um and it makes me happy to see her happy and i'm it brings us all relief and joy and pride to see her grounding within herself and creating the music that tells her truth and feels good in her her heart and her soul and her body. Um and I just respect the hell out of
0: that and I look up to that so much. That's beautiful. Thank you both so much for sharing and going through this experience with me where we shared our love for Taylor Swift and spoke our truths. Of course you know you both are welcome back anytime. And to the audience, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, I hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Beyond the Key Podcast. And remember that there are new Beyond the Key episodes every Thursday. And next week, we will be talking about all things Lady Gaga. So get super excited for that. Stay safe and much love.